Welcome to the Habesha Finance Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial independence and overcome your money problems. I'm Matt, bringing you the education and tools to help you get your life back, build wealth, and make a difference. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Habesha Finance Podcast. I'm Matt, your host, and we're continuing this discussion about how much money you need for retirement. And we started it last week and we're going to go ahead and I'm going to try to conclude it this week and we're going to get into how much you really need to retire with. You know, what is that total amount of money you need for retirement? That's what I'm here to break down and introduce and bring you the information that'll help you determine how much you need for retirement. And so, yeah, I mean, we hear it all the time. You need this amount of money to retire. Some of the numbers I have heard along my journey to financial independence have been pretty reasonable, but most quite laughable. One million, two million, even ten million dollars are some of the figures that I've read or heard about when it comes to how much I need to retire. And some of those numbers I can get with and some of those I just don't understand where it comes from. And before I got introduced to the financial independence community, I would have probably gone with one of those you know, 10 million or 20 million dollars in your retirement accounts to really feel like you can retire. And now I'm definitely aware and understand that that may not be the case, you know, necessarily. And that's what I'm here to show you that the amount of money you need for retirement is much, much lower than what the media promotes, than what the people on TV and the people out there who are trying to tell you how much you need, the, the tens of millions of dollars you need to re- retire with. Now, let me go ahead and make a very important disclaimer. Consult with a financial professional before you make any serious decisions with money. No podcast, no blog, no article should ever be the final call for your financial future. So to give you a brief history lesson, Three professors from Trinity University in Texas got together in the early 90s and researched withdrawal rates from different portfolios of stocks and bonds. They wanted to see how long the money invested in different ways between stocks and bonds would have lasted in the past. This might have very well been the greatest personal finance discovery ever, right there with John Bogle's creation of the first index fund. And if you're following along with the article that goes with this podcast. I'll make sure to link to that article in the show notes. There is this data that looks at different lengths of time over different periods from 1926 to 2009, basically looking at the performance of the stock market. And obviously past performance is not an indication of future earnings, but look at the historical data and tell me you don't find this very interesting at the least that past investment portfolios when allocated appropriately have a hundred percent success rate of surviving economic recessions, wars, and all kinds of terrible events. Now, the most successful and promising portfolios have been composed of 50% stocks and 50% bonds. And I really want you to take a look at that section. Look at the section where it's 50% stocks and 50% bonds. Again, the link to this table, to this article is in the show notes. Now, the most successful and promising portfolios have been composed of 50% stocks and 50% bonds. And if you want to get an update to this table of retirement portfolio success rates, 
by withdrawal rate, I'll make sure to have a link in the article for the latest update to the study. And you can thank me later for that one. Now, here's the fun part I love, the math. Okay, the future you will begin retirement someday, and the present you wants to make sure your investment portfolio is set up for success. Personally, I like the idea of having 50% stocks and 50% bonds in retirement since this is the most successful long-term investment portfolio that the research shows. So we'll use this as our example in this podcast. In order to make this work for you, you're going to have to first figure out your safe withdrawal rate, or how much you plan to spend per year in retirement. So that's very important for you to understand. Ideally, you want to be debt-free, including your house, by the time you reach retirement. Or maybe you're not even in a house. Maybe you're in a condo or a, a townhouse that you've already paid off. Or you're, you know, you're in an RV you're living out of. But basically, you need to make sure that your living arrangement is not a big portion of, you know, your expenses. It really, like, if you can have a paid off house, that makes retirement so much easier, so much more fluid and just a lot less stressful. And again, it's just because the less debt you have, the more money you have working for you and sustaining your retirement for the long haul. Now, when it comes to safe withdrawal rate, what I'm referring to is look at your total nest egg right? Like say, let's say you had a million dollars to retire with. Now, your safe withdrawal rate typically is going to be 4%. Now, that's why the rule is called 4% because if you withdraw 4%, which is $40,000 every year, if you can live off of $40,000 and manage $40,000 to live off of, then what the study shows is that money should last you 30 years, 40 years, 50 years plus now, it's not a guarantee, but what that says is you should be able to sustain your retirement life with a 4% withdrawal rate. Now, let's say your number for yearly expenses is 30000 You then look at the table in the article that I will link to and check for the 30-year period for the 50-50 section, 50% stocks, 50% bonds. According to the research, your safe withdrawal rate will be no more than 5% of the total amount of money you need for retirement or $600,000. So you take $30,000 and divide it by 5% and that gives you $600,000. That's where I got $600,000 from. This nest egg breaks down to $300,000 in large common stocks, such as an S&P 500 index fund, and $300,000 in high-grade corporate bonds. Basically, you want to be 50-50 between stocks and bonds, and whatever combination you have, you don't have to put it all in one index fund as far as you know the stock side and then one index fund on the bond side you can mix it up between the stocks and the bonds but just make sure that your money is diversified it's allocated appropriately you're not all in you know these single stocks like you don't own 10 single stocks that's not a wise way to invest your money a wiser way would be to have your money in you know index funds that track 3,000, 4,000 different stocks. So that way you don't overexpose yourself to single companies that could do bad and that can, you know, flop and go out of business. And now you've jeopardized your retirement. So make sure you're diversified across as many stocks as you can 
with the help of a financial professional. I feel like they'll definitely agree with this word, this message, and it's worth it. You know, you're talking about spending an hour, two hours with a financial professional to help you allocate your money across different stocks. That's a lot. That's well worth the money that you're going to spend to secure that, you know, $600,000, $1,000,000 of your retirement life. So you're probably thinking, you mean to tell me I can retire with $600,000 if I only spend no more than 5% of that per year and that should last me 30 years? According to the research, basically yes. Every year, you have to adjust the amount of your withdrawals for inflation, but I have a feeling you and your financial advisor can manage to figure this part out very quickly. Now, what the 4% rule really means, just in case you didn't understand when I tried to talk about it before, I'll get into it right now. Just so you know, the Financial Independence Retire Early Community, the FIRE community, FIRE is the acronym for Financial Independence Retire Early, that community and other financially optimized communities generally accept a safe withdrawal rate of 4%. You'll hear some of them even say 3.3 or 3.5%. And this is because they want their money to last more than 30 years. The lower you go on the withdrawal rate, the longer your money should last. And with further research by more scholars, 4% is what just about all the financial communities agree is a good number to work with during your retirement. Now, in our $30,000 example, that would actually require a nest egg of $750,000 or $375,000 in stock funds and $375,000 in bond mutual funds. Remember, right before this, we said $600,000. That's because the data, the chart, the research showed that a 5% withdrawal rate um, if you're withdrawing $30,000, means that you would have a total of $600,000. And that 5% was actually very safe, a very safe withdrawal rate for you to make sure that your money had a 100% success withdrawal rate. Now, this is based on the data in the past. This is not telling you what's going to happen in the future. So would I do 5%? Absolutely not. I would try to keep my withdrawal rate between that 3.5% to 4%. So definitely if my goal was to live off of $30,000, then having a nest egg of like $750,000 would be around the target for me for what I would feel comfortable with. Now, how do you make this 4% rule work? You've really got to consider so many things. It's not a blanket way to live off of retirement. You really have to consider the amount of money you need per year in retirement. Think about health care costs for yourself. Think about health care costs for other people that you care about, family members who depend on you, uh, college tuition, college costs. Maybe your child is getting married and you want to have money that you want to put aside for their wedding day. There are so many costs that you need to consider before you just say, oh, I'm going to retire with $700,000 or $800,000 or $600,000. It's really important to understand the different expenses in retirement. This is why I can understand why so many of the financial pundits out there say, hey, you're going to need like $2 million. You're going to need $1 million. You're going to need $5 million because they're speaking from experience and they're talking about how you are going to have to Think about all these different circumstances that can hurt your retirement, that can hurt you in retirement, and that can ultimately just destroy that 4% rule. I, I'm totally with that. I understand that. What I'm trying to also show is that if you have a paid off house, 
right? If you can find a way to secure other means of financial uh, income, if there's other ways to secure health care, if there's other means to get you through, right, that you don't stop working, that you continue to work, well, having a paid off house, retiring with $700,000, and while still working a job that gives you decent benefits in your 50s or 60s, I mean, that's not a bad gig. That's not a bad position to be in. Like I said, consider the amount of money you need per year in retirement and consider all the factors. Ask people in retirement how it's going for them and just try to ask them for tips. If you're thinking about early retirement or thinking about just retiring in your 50s, what things you need to really consider. One of the other ways to make this 4% rule is just be and stay debt free. So I talk about this all the time. Debt freedom is critical to your financial prosperity, to your financial freedom. And then also continue to budget. You got to budget no matter what. Um, having a good financial advisor also can help you, especially when there are ups and downs in the stock market, help you stay focused, stay comfortable, stay, you know, with the plan, stay with your plan. And then what else? Enjoy life. You've earned it. You've definitely earned it. Okay. Now, what about the 4% rule after 30 years? The Trinity study looked at 30 year periods and less. But like me, you probably want to know about after 30 years. As I was studying the data, I became interested in 40 and 50 years of retirement. Well, you don't have to worry. If you can adjust your spending to 3% of your nest egg, then you can almost be sure that your money will outlast you and you'll have some left to pass on to whoever you want. So in the $30,000 example, we would divide by 3% and get $1 million. So if you can live off of $30,000 a year, that means, yes, you will need $1 million if you're going to do the 3% withdrawal rate. That, my friends, could very well be all you need if you can be smart, financially responsible, and then have a little bit of luck along the way because bad things happen, unfortunate circumstances happen, and it's really important that we understand and expect some of those things to happen so we can properly at least try to plan and just put some safeguards against anything that can possibly happen that will ruin, you know, that'll put a dent in our financial goal. Another thing that I really want to say, because I am a huge DIY, I'm a huge do-it-yourself person, but I strongly advise you talk to a financial professional to help explain further the safe withdrawal strategy and other complex topics discussed on this podcast. And these can be very difficult concepts to grasp, but, you know, talk to a professional, join us on the Facebook group, the Habesha Finance Facebook group, if you want to learn even more this podcast is simply not enough. You definitely want to get plugged into a community and be on this journey to financial freedom with other like-minded people. It's really important that you do that. Even I personally make sure that I consult professionals for any of these kinds of big financial decisions before I make them. And I hope that you will too. Thank you for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful and purposeful week.